eliminated over time. So you don't even need to worry about that. It's in the, I just told you, I, I, you just asked the exact same question. I just told you I have a whole box of lightsabers back there. Would you like to, do you want to ask me again? Do you want to ask me a third time? No, go ahead, ask me. It's in the back. I have a box of lightsabers in the back. That's a whole thing of lightsabers, a whole jar of them I have taken from lightsabers from Jedi I have killed. <sighs> Merry, happy Christmas season. How are you guys feeling today? Are you guys feeling good? This is nice. This is exciting. We're here. We're at church. This is fun. We're going to learn something so good. Let's put the unexpected thing up there. Why don't you get that up there, Gavin, so you guys can all see. This is great. I think it moves a little bit. Does it move? I don't think it does. So uh, we're starting a brand new week heading toward Christmas. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I've been thinking of what I'm going to get people. I've been thinking of what hopefully my wife is going to get me. And there's a lot of excitement for that. It's not a bad thing to be excited about stuff like that. But it's always better to give than to receive. So always remember that. But it reminded me when I was thinking about it of a time when I was in junior high and I was in a life group and which life groups are great. Everyone should be in a life group. And me and my buddy, it's like one of my best friends when I was in junior high, a guy named Jeff. And we went to our life group. And remember, and I know your name is not Jeff Tobias. And remember that when, you guys don't know this, but when I went to life groups, when I was in junior high, we would, our life group met at 8 a.m. in the morning on Saturday morning. That's when our life group met. And we were there every single week. We would miss cartoons. We would, I know, your jaw is on the floor. 8 a.m. Saturday morning. Imagine if I said, hey, life groups are meeting at 8 a.m. Saturday morning at church. See you then. And, you know, our youth pastor would get there early and get everything ready. I was in his life group. And uh, and after life groups were over, we, me and Jeff, would go and cause, like, trouble. And, like, those kind of friends, like, those kind of friends are hard to come by sometimes. Like, the friend that you can, you know, not only just, you know, hang out with and have fun with, but, the, like, the friend you can, like, cause, like, mischief with. So one time, me and Jeff, we went to the mall, which we did. We went to the mall a lot, but, and the mall, we always went there with, like, one purpose in mind as eighth grade boys. Uh, we were there to meet girls, all right? And we were, listen, and we weren't, we weren't too bad at it. We were pretty, you know, we were pretty good. And we would meet girls, and we would talk to them, and we would exchange AIM instant messenger names, which you guys don't know what that is, ask your parents. And we would, you know, talk and chitty chat and just do the whole thing. But one time we were talking to this girl, and her dad was, like, walking up, and he did not look happy. And you got to keep in mind, like, I don't have any tattoos. I'm a full head of hair. Like, I don't look like I look now. And he still wasn't happy, which was shocking. And he was looking, he wasn't happy, and me and Jeff, and Jeff just looked at me, and I looked at him, and it was like the shared moment of, it's time to get out of here. And we just ran. We said, bye, and we just ran off, and the girl, you know, who I don't know what happened to her, but I was gone. And it re I remember that, and I was like, that, like, moment of friendship, that, like, one little moment of looking at your friend and being like, you're thinking the same thing, like, that's, like, the best deal ever. Like, we know what we were thinking, we know what we were feeling, and we knew it was time to go. This is going to be up here on the screen. I want you to write this down. There is nothing better than feeling like you have someone in your life who gets you. And, like, for me in junior high, like, my buddy Jeff, he totally got me. Like, he was that friend who got me, who knew what I was, you know, dealing with or going through. Like, and we were just, like, that kind of friends. And when I was in high school, I had a friend like that. I have friends like that now. My wife is totally like that. She's my best friend in the world. And having people in your life who really get you, get, like, that moment where you're thinking the same thing or you're finishing each other's sentences, like, that kind of, like, friendship is really good. But the truth is we all 
don't want just that kind of friendship all the time. We want, like, a little bit of a deeper friendship, too. Like, everybody likes the, you know, the friends they, you know, know or talk, they know names, and they have, you know, similar interests. But you want to go deeper with friends. Like, you want to have a deeper level of friendship. You want to have friends that you can confide things in, not, like, little things. Like, you want friends that you can confide big things in. You want friends that you can do embarrassing stuff in front of, and they're not going to judge you for it. You want friends that when you say, man, you know, I got, like, serious stuff going on in my life, they look at you and they're like, I'm listening. Like, keep talking. I'm here. Like, you, like, we all kind of want those kind of friends, like friends that are really there for us. And here's the thing. It is not always easy, though, to get friends like that. Like, the real, authentic, like, you know, the kind of friend that knows everything about you. See, because every friendship has its limits. Every friendship has its limits. It's going to be up here on the screen, so I want you guys to write these. If you're taking notes, this is a perfect note-taker's time. Every friendship has its limits, though, doesn't it? I mean, every friendship you have, I mean, even as long as you may talk to that person or as open as you may be, there's always going to be little things that they don't totally understand. I mean, there's little things about your life or things you've gone through or things you faced as a kid or even things you're facing right now. Like, as open as you are, and as close as that friend may be, there are always going to be little things that they just don't know about you. Like, even if you sit on the phone with someone the entire night. Has anyone ever done that? You sit on the phone, and it's like, I just, and it, you're not talking like a guy or a girl. You know, you're talking to, like, a friend. Like, you know, and your buddies or, you know, your gals. Buddies, gals, yeah. So you're talking to one of your gals, and you're just like, I just don't want to get off the phone. I'm just telling you my whole life, and you're telling me your whole life, and this is just the best ever. Like, and you just do that the entire night. Anyone ever do that? No, you haven't done that? You guys should try doing that. It's actually really nice. Boys, have you guys ever done that, talking to your friend on the phone? And you're talking, yeah, you, no, you haven't. You have, see, you're great. You have totally done Yeah, Jordan totally has. And you're on the phone with them, you're telling them everything and every little detail. Even after you tell them every little detail that you can remember, there's still details you forget. I mean, like, there's, it's impossible for someone to know everything about you. And even the very, the very best friend can't be the perfect friend that's up here on the screen. Even the very best friend can't be the perfect friend. Because, you know, when you think of what the perfect friend friend is, you think of, well, I don't know what's on your list. Here's a couple things that are on my list. When I think of the definition of the perfect friend, I would say, well, the perfect friend would never let me down. The perfect friend would, would always be there for me no matter what. The perfect friend will, will just, he, he will or she will just make, you know, all like just know what I need as a friend and just give it to me. Okay, so let's just recap like the perfect friend. The perfect friend will you know, never hurt me. Listen, people hurt people because, you know, we're all sinners and we all do dumb stuff. So you're asking for your perfect friend to be a perfect person who never does anything wrong. That's not realistic. You want, you know, your perfect friend, they're always just there for me. So you want a friend who's there on call to you 24-7, their phone's in their hand, waiting, hoping that you might call, if you might need them, and then they can leap into action as your friend. Like, that's not realistic. Like, that's not a realistic, real friendship. Do you want a friend who can you know, know what you need as a friend and give it to you before you even know you need it? So you want a friend who is a mutant from the X-Men who can read your mind. That you want Professor Xavier rolling up in his wheelchair with his bald head being your best friend. Like, that's just like, like, that's not, like, realistic, which I am bald. That's not, it's just not realistic. I mean, like, the, the perfect friend, I mean, 
That's just not a realistic thing. There are really good friends that want the best for us. There are really good friends that are healthy friendships that they care about us and they encourage us and, and they want us to be better than who we are and they, they want us to do really good stuff and they're a part of us. They're like, they're the ones who are like, hey, you're in my life group. Let's come over for a sleepover. Oh, like let's go like to serve together. Hey, let, let me tell you about stuff going on in my life and I want to be honest and open with you and we have a friendship and a relationship and common interests and, you know, people mess up and people screw up and those things happen. Sometimes the pursuit of the perfect friend keeps us from really feeling like we can have friendships at all. So, you know, you're probably thinking, what does this at all have to do with Christmas? This has nothing to do with Christmas, Justin. What are you talking about? This has everything to do with Christmas. Like, this is, like, this is all about what Christmas is. So let me give you a little recap of the story, and then we're going to, like, of this story, and then we're going to get into that, well, how this has to do with Christmas. Because everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants that friend who knows them that has their back. So let me tell you this little story. Back in the day... Bible times, in the book of Matthew, it depicts and talks about a guy named Joseph and a woman named Mary. Mary was a teenage girl, very young girl. Joseph, you know, regular guy, working a job, and they were going to get married. So they were engaged, and she finds out she's pregnant. Now, God obviously had everything to do with that, but for everyone else, that's like, like, that sounds like a lame excuse. It's like, wait, you're pregnant, and how did that happen? God showed up and did that? Like, that's crazy. I don't believe you. Like, everyone, no one believed what she was saying. And even Joseph was having a really hard time believing what he was hearing from Mary. He was freaking out. He was losing his mind. And he was actually thinking, like, I'm just going to break off this relationship. Like, this is not for me. And that is where the story is going to pick up. He's losing his mind. He's going crazy. So here's the thing. If you don't have a Bible, grab a Bible. There are Bibles literally everywhere in this room. I've ensured that everyone can have a Bible. And grab a note paper because if you're not taking notes, then you're not going to remember all this stuff when you go home and you want to impress your parents with all the stuff you've been learning like this is your chance to do it so grab a bible and a pen or if you're really savvy pull out your cell phone and don't hop on clash of clans don't snapchat me photos of the back of your chair i don't or your friend's chair i don't want to see i've seen enough backs of chairs i've seen i know what they look like i have one in my office you can open up the Bible app. This thing is awesome. I use the Bible app all the time. So you're opening up to Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse number 20. It is in the Bible. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. So if you're taking mental notes, you can remember Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. And that is a, just a great fact. So uh, he's going to put up here, on, Gavin's going to put up here on the screen so you can see uh, what page it's on. And it's right up there on page 784. And this is what it says in the Bible, starting with verse number 20. But after they have considered, after he had considered this, so this is Joseph considering, like, ending the relationship with Mary. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be, af do not be afraid to, marry, uh, to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All right, so I just want to touch on this real quick. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. That verse right there, save, uh, because he will save his people from their sins. If you have a pen and you're neat and not like a messy person, I want you to underline that in your Bible. I know it's not your Bible. I know these are like community Bibles. So don't worry about that. Underline that line in the end of verse 21 that says, because he will save his people from their sins. Now here's the thing. The Bible sometimes, and I, I'm willing to admit this, and I hope some of you will agree, sometimes the Bible feels like a very complicated book. 
you open up the Bible, and sometimes you feel like, what am I reading? Like, you just don't understand. You open it up, and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what's this guy talking about? And what book is this? And this is weird. And so, listen, I get that, okay? I am a pastor. I read the Bible regularly. I completely get how complicated it may seem sometimes. What the story is of the Bible, who Jesus, what, what is he doing, and what, about, what are we supposed to do, and what's the purpose, and what's the plan, and blah, blah, blah. And we hear a lot of stuff, and we just don't really know. Here, let, let me boil a lot of it down to you, to this verse. If the only thing you ever remember in your entire life is the, this part of this one verse, you will survive and live a very happy and healthy life. Because this little section, because he will save his people from their sins, is a powerful part of the Bible. Because that's the, that's the reason for Jesus. If anyone ever asks you, so what's the story with Jesus? You can open up to Mark ch or Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. At the very end of the verse, be like, oh, well, this is the reason for Jesus. He came to save his people, who are us, from their sins. We couldn't save ourselves, so he is saving us. That is Jesus. That's the story of Jesus. That's everything about Jesus, all the cool, amazing miracles and all the cool, amazing lessons and teachings he gave boiled down for us to take and understand the reason why Jesus came to earth in the first place. We could not save ourselves. Now, it actually goes on in verse 22, and this is what he says. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, who has it in their Bible? What do you guys see? Which means... Oh, that's lame, really boring. All right, let's try it again. If you have your Bible with you, it says it right there. He came, given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I mean, that was the plan from the very beginning. Like, if you know, like, some stuff about the Bible, maybe you know some stuff, maybe you know nothing about the Bible, let me give you, like, a couple tips. In the very beginning, Genesis 1, this is free Bible for you. So write Genesis 1 down and go home and read this later and just you'll get really smart. In the beginning, that was the plan. God would create everything and then, then God would be there in the garden with Adam and Eve. And they would walk in the garden and, and God would be with us the entire time. And like that was like that was the plan. God being with us. But we destroyed that plan because of our sin. Our rebellion, you know, separated us from God. You know, huge big thing that happened and it was completely a catastrophe. And in the midst of that, God still loves all of us. Like even though we are not the best of friends, even though we do betray God, even though we do know the right thing to do, sometimes we don't do it, God still loves us. And he loves us enough to say, you know what, I don't want to avoid people. I want to be with people. So I want to send my son Jesus, and he's going to be with people. And then he sent his son Jesus. And the whole idea of Jesus is that it is God here with us. And here's the thing. Jesus came to earth to be with us, not to avoid us, not to be somewhere else doing stuff, and then we're kind of over here doing stuff. No, he came to be with us. He came to know us, to know things about us. He came here to live the life we live, to experience the things we experience. And you might think, like, that sounds so crazy. But the truth is, and to be up here on the screen, Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be a person like you and me. Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be a person like you or me. Jesus was born just like all of us were born. Jesus went to school. Jesus went to the bathroom. Jesus hit puberty and started growing hair out of his armpits. Je hey, it's real. It happened. Je the, the kid grew up. I don't know. Jesus had to listen to his parents. Jesus had to eventually get a job. Jesus had to, like, 
do all the things. He did homework. He did all the things you do. Jesus also felt the things you guys felt. Jesus felt what it was like to have friends and, like, be happy. Jesus felt what it was like to, you know, win something and have victory. Jesus also knew what it felt like to be bullied and to have people pick on him. He knew what it was like to be embarrassed. He knew what it was like to be, like, written off or avoided by other people. Jesus knew what it was like to be mistreated. He knew what it was like to be lonely. Jesus knew what it was like to be misunderstood. Jesus knew what it was like, this is a hard one, to be disappointed in someone, like when someone disappoints you. Like, he knows what it feels like to be disappointed by someone who, like, says they're his friend or cares about him. Like, Jesus knows what that's like. He knows what it's like to be made fun of, to be left out. He knows what it's like to be frustrated. Jesus knows how all these things feel, not because he just wants to experience them. He knows how all these things feel because he experienced them so he could relate and understand us. So that when he said, hey, I know what it's like, I know what you're going through, that those aren't just empty words, that Jesus actually knows what we're going through. You know, here's the truth. Some of those things, like you guys have experienced, like being bullied, that's totally happened, being like let down by someone, feeling lonely, feeling alone, or feeling avoided by other people. Uh, you've probably, like, at some point in your life, maybe have felt frustrated by someone. Maybe, you know, you're, like, the person that's like, you know what? Like, things are, like, going crazy in my life right now. Like, I don't, you know, I wouldn't, and this is what we say sometimes, because most normal people would say this. I think all people would say this. Because when things are really tough, you'd say, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Like, what I'm going through right now, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. And the truth is that things that we go through, you're probably right. You probably wouldn't wish that on anybody. Jesus didn't wish that on himself. He, he said yes to it on purpose. Hey, Jesus knew what he was stepping into coming here to earth to be with us. It wasn't a surprise to him when he was rejected by people. It wasn't a surprise to him when he went through all the things he went through. He did it. So that he could look at you and look at me and say, I know what it's like to go through what you're going through. You would say, man, I wouldn't wish this stuff on anybody. Jesus said, I'm going to do and say yes to this so that I can relate to you and understand you. That is an incredible sacrifice that God did so he could know us differently. You know, this is what it says in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. It's not going to be here on the screen, so don't write it down. But Hebrews 4 15. I want you guys to write that down and look it up later. Hebrews 4.15 is really, really good. This is what it says. Jesus knows every thought and emotion we've had and that you've felt not just because he's God and can read your mind, but because he felt and experienced all those things personally. Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be you. So here's the truth, and that this is going to be up here on the screen. No matter what you're going through, good or bad, Jesus says, me too. Like, that's like, that one little set of words, me too, is a really powerful thing. Like, when you're able to sit there, like, in victory, and, like, you're, like, you just won the championship, or you just, you know, got the A on the test, and you've been working really hard with, like, either a team of people or a group of people, or you've been in a study group with a couple people, and you've just nailed it, and you can be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, this was awesome. And they can look and be like, me too. I'm excited too. This is awesome. And you're all in it together. That's a really good feeling. Like, it'd be really weird if you were like, oh, my gosh, I'm super excited. This is awesome. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure how I feel about this. They're like, what are you talking about aren't you excited this is amazing well i don't really know like like it, it feels weird if you're the one and you know no one's really saying oh me too like that feels like you're kind of alone and that's tough because it's tough to be alone 
Like it, it's, it, it feels really good when we're able to sit in front of like a best friend, like a really good friend, and say, hey, you know, things are like going really tough in my life right now. Like I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. My parents are arguing all the time. I feel like it's my fault. And, and you have a friend who's able to look at you and say, hey, hey, me too. Like that's happening in my house. Like my parents are arguing all the time and like I totally feel alone. And it's like, oh my gosh, like maybe I'm not alone then. Maybe you're not alone. Like that me too, like like that matters a lot. When someone says like, oh man, like things are going so tough like at church right now and, and I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm just, you know, not really like fitting in and, and like I kind of want to join a life group but I'm nervous to join a life group and, you know, you're in a cabinet camp and the cabins at camp are just the best and you're in a cabinet camp and other, you know, guys or girls in the cabin are like, oh my gosh, me too. Like I'm totally nervous. Like I come to church and I just, I feel like I'm not really connected or I don't really know people and like I makes me nervous and and like that me too like matters like when you're going through really tough stuff at school and you're able to sit there with your life group and say oh my gosh like this this person's school like they're they're bullying me they're giving me a hard time because what i'm wearing but you know it's like it's like why who picks on people for what they're wearing it's like what's that about and someone in your life group's able to sit there and say you know what me too that's totally happening to me too and you immediately feel not alone you immediately feel connected. You immediately feel like someone cares about you and can relate to what you're going through. Jesus came here so that we could hear me too from him and not feel alone any longer. I mean, so Jesus could say, you know what you're going through? You know when you feel like let down or embarrassed or betrayed by a friend or you feel like you're, you know, everyone doesn't like you? Dude, I've experienced that. Me too. Like, I've walked down the streets and people spit on me. Like, I, me too. I know what that's like. That Jesus is able to say, like, I can relate to that. And, and I care about you. And I love you. And I want you to know. And it's Jesus saying, it's Jesus saying, me too. That is the God that we follow. We follow a God that doesn't say, oh, yeah, you guys should figure this out. Or, man, this sounds, you know, this sounds like a really, like, tough deal. Uh, you know, in Jesus, we have a God who's not only rescued us, but it's the God who's with you. Like, Jesus is not just the God who says, oh, yeah, things are good. Like, I took care of the sin thing, but I'll see you later. Jesus is the God that says, you know what? I've rescued you and I've saved you and, you know, things are, it's actually going to be up here on the screen. I want you to write this down. It, it's it, not that he just rescued you and said, oh, you're totally good. He actually said, you know what? I'm in it with you. I'm side by side. You, the things you experience, I've experienced. I know what it's like. I have your back. That changes everything. When someone is able to look at you and say, me too, when someone is able to get you, like, when you feel like someone gets you, like the real you, it changes everything. And that's the bottom line for today. I want you guys to all write it down, and I want you to take it home and tell your parents all about it. Because Christmas is about this time when Jesus came to earth to say, I get you. Jesus gets you. It's going to be up here on the screen. You're going to be able to write it down. It'll be right up here on the screen in, in just a couple of moments here. Uh, you'll see it in just a second. It'll be right up here. Jesus gets you. I want you to know that that is what Jesus is about. He looks at you and says, you know what, guys? I get you. You're not alone. I'm with you. We're going to go into breakout groups, and we're going to talk real quick just about a couple things. Like, what does it look like to you believe that God, Jesus gets you and that we're in it together? We're going to talk about it in breakout groups. All the guys are going outside. The girls are staying in here. Hey, and I'll see you guys next week for the Christmas musical. You will love the Christmas musical. I love your dancing. You're amazing. Take off, boys. See you later. Melikalikimaka is the
And children 